0: Best story surrounding the Red Wings following the trade deadline would be Alex Chason. I'd like I'd like to go back and place a wager on that because I know the odds would definitely be very high on that. With now you know sports betting legal in Massachusetts, I could have uh, threw a couple bucks on that. First line Alex Chaseon. I'm I'm not against it. I'm not against it. But uh, welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham, Grant Wickham, and Andy, and. In this episode, we'll be recapping the Red Wings' last four games because it's been a little bit. Took a little pause, a little vacay for Grant and I, and talk about that a little bit. Um, going to some storylines, Raymond's game, Fabry's injury, Chase on's emergence, so on and so forth. But yeah, I think we start right away with um, the one that, like, it's tough to really talk about because, I mean, Robbie Fabry, considering all he's gone through, it was really gutting to see him take another shot to the knee. It was scary. Yeah,
1: that was very scary.
0: Yeah, and it like it was a very innocent play, like not blaming Tyler Johnson at all. It was a very innocent bump and just that little tweak it, it gave me very much the vibe of like Max Petretti. Yeah.
2: Well, wasn't it very similar to how he hurt last year? Or last time? It was a kind of an innocent play, wasn't it?
0: It is. It is a. It was an innocent play, like last year. I think. I don't. I think it might have been a little more contact last year, like into the boards. I can't really remember. It was against Minnesota. I remember that. But he also skated off yeah. on his own. Skated off on his own last year,
2: right?
0: But um, I know the the reports have come out now, like in past or the past couple of days, with uh, they think they've avoided the worst and they expect him back at some point this year. But that's pretty vague. Considering how was we still have a month left in the season, it's a big timeline, and without really any other like what else happened, you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Obviously, hopefully super like a quad or something.
0: Hopefully, obviously, hopefully. super. Like I'm super worried about Fabry, and immediately, like it's hard not to think about his future, right? Like with another injury like that, like age 27, you would have suffered. Like in theory, would have suffered your fourth ACL injury. That's gutting. And I could see his body language too. I was like, oh, I felt awful, you know? But I, I really hope it's for the best. Like, obviously, I think lately he his game, I'm not trying to dunk on the guy, like, dump on the guy when he just got injured again, but he hadn't been great the past, like, I would say the past, like, five or so games. But when he first came back in the lineup, I, I thought his jump was super needed to the team as they really started to make a little surge to the playoffs. I think he was a big piece of that.
2: For sure. Energy guy when he's going on all cylinders for sure,
0: absolutely. And I know like so. Hopefully he can come. I'd like to see him back again in this season and then try to try him a different, couple different places because again, next season definitely gonna be some changes. And I know you can start looking at the future outlook of where everyone fits. And I think that'd be a really interesting conversation around Robbie Fabry. Yeah, for sure. But obviously thinking of now and hopefully he can like I said come back this season. He's he can make a. I don't know what kind of recovery he's dealing with, but hopefully everything goes smoothly. Um, but this game, anyway, uh, 4-3 win for the for the Red Wings after going, was it winless
1: in six? Six. Not a great stat. Well, pretty good if you want, like, Bedard, but not good enough still. Not good enough. The Red Wings, they, need, they would need to tank hard for Bedard.
0: No pun intended.
1: Columbus with a... With a massive win last night over San
0: Jose, how, was, how not, was that? I put money on San Jose that game, so I was a little bit upset. I had money. I had money line on San, uh, San Jose, so I woke up and tough. I'm like, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, but yeah, that the it kind of seems like nobody wants Bedard right now.
1: Yeah, Johnny Goodrow doesn't want Bedard. He had five points last night.
0: Well, he's already the the team short guy. He's, they don't need another short guy. It's true. So it's not great. Like. They only have a couple, you know, extra small shorts for like the team get up Yeah, and he doesn't want to share. So th- it's the whole that's the whole reason. But no, I-, I was with this game. The Blackhawks are again. They beat the Bruins last night. They're kind of playing scrappy and I kind of oh. respect. Them. I mean, Luke Richardson. I mean, if we go back to the bubble, when was it Claude Juliet? Or no, no, no. Excuse me. Dom Ducharme went mm-hmm. what he was. He got sick, right?
2: He got yeah, COVID. COVID. Yeah,
0: and then yeah. Luke Richardson took over and literally carried Montreal. Like he was, he was the guy who was a big piece of why they had success. He's a good coach. He's no tyranny. Yeah, Turini. There you go. No. no, I don't think he's that. But like, also, like, look at Black- look at the Chicago Blackhawks roster. They have no business being in the NHL. It's <laughs> true. Same with the <laughs> ots though. They have Clayton Keller. And that's it. They have Clayton Keller and yeah, Nick Schmaltz is hurt right now. Is hurt. But I mean. You can't tell me a first line of like Athena CU and like Taylor Radish is. At least <laughs> is playing whoa. like
1: 20 minutes a night right now.
0: Dude is dude is literally just doing cardio out there.
2: <laughs> he's getting in shape for next year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Big contract year. My God. But no, uh, the Reddings went down 2 nothing in this game, too. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, I think Radish scored one of the goals, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. From... And he also had Hattie. Against, against Boston. Boston. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: He had twenty goals in the year. I mean, good for him. I remember watching him when Andy and I actually watched him in junior. We went to that game together 20. and, and yeah. I remember we were we were kind of chirping him because he was kinda of, he was coasting around out there.
2: Oh yeah, you're a superstar now, which tell us what you can do. I mean we were, on, do. we were on the we're on the Boris training. That...
0: Yeah, it's we were we were on the Boris yeah. train for that game, and of course Boris yeah. last night too scored a sick goal. Yeah, I think he had four points. Him. But uh, he had three or four points. I think, yeah, something like that. It was a crazy, yeah, what a weird game. But anyway, after this game, I mean, there are plenty of fun stories there. I mean, Alex on a uh, fun assist uh, to Jake Wallman, who's, I, I, is it bad? I feel like we can call it a signature goal now. What a move. Yeah, walks, a nasty move. Yeah, walks, walks the guy in the blue line immediately, sh- like, go shelf on Staylock. Also, Alex Staylock has no business stopping pucks.
1: Yeah, he, he's horrendous, but somehow he gets the job done.
0: He's kind of like, <laughs> like a Tim Thomas.
1: Yeah, he's in a the poor way man's of Tim Thomas.
0: He's a poor man's Tim Thomas. And like like stylistically, he's super ugly to watch. But yeah. Puck's hit him, so I mean, good for him. He's better than Peter Morazic this year, so I know that's not saying much. It's not oh, saying much. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Sorry. But... uh. The big one, I think, for like Chase on as well. Like again, we're gonna talk about Chase on a lot this game, not this game in this episode in general. Um, Really helping that first power play unit. Because again, we're I think I think all three of
1: us were a little skeptical when they put him on the top unit. I was for sure because I always, I I always blamed the problems of like Edmonton's power play on Chase on.
2: So did the whole city. Of Edmonton, yes, and Vancouver, both both, and, both and Vancouver, and, yeah. They both, there is Edmonton. The fans of the Oilers literally signed had a um, what do you call it? What do I say? It's skipping my mind now. Mutiny, no, it's no, like, they uh, literally... the thing
1: you sign like a paper, a waiver, you sign like They're, a paper, um... GoFundMe. No, it's no, um, like, uh, I can't think of the word. I know what Andy's trying to say. I'm just I, 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 I just, just want to okay, keep guessing okay. for like. I do kind of. This
0: is this is great podcasting.
1: I just kind <laughs> of see how long this takes for us to get it. Yeah.
0: Um, a campaign.
1: Like I don't. I don't it's, know. What it's you're like something you sign when oh. a petition. A, a petition. Yeah, a petition. There we petition. go. Petition. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Here we go, petition. boys. Yes. To get, a, to get them perhaps. off the tar. What do
1: I get? What
0: do I get?
2: What, what do yeah, I win? Alex Chase on in the first power play. Unit.
0: Yeah, great. Honestly, he's been the best. He's been the best net front guy in quite a long time. So I'm not yeah, complaining. Yeah. Uh, but no, that pass between his legs to Dylan Larkin, slick, slick. slick. But uh, that was a fun. Fun part of that game. Uh, Lucas Raymond also scored in his first in what feels like an eternity. Uh, yeah. tip from uh playmaking defenseman Robert Hagg good stuff there and then um just a little cherry on top a Dominic League scoring against his former team uh obviously huge face-off win by Andrew Copp and then who knew Gustav Lindstrom had that in him a dog in him he, dog per 60. through the roof on through the roof on Lindy through the roof. I don't know why I said that I have some in my throat so sorry sorry
2: but yeah four three win is it?
0: It's just my admiration for Lindy. That's what's in the back of my throat. I just can't stop talking about him. But uh yeah, four three win. Honestly, like it ugly game. Probably shouldn't have been that close, but wins a win, especially this time of year. Kind of nice to have it. Post deadline, kind of get the first one under you. And then mostly like that the weekend, the back to back against Boston was super encouraging on how maybe the the last I think now we have 50, there's fifteen games left how those might look. Um, first one in Boston, Grant's first time in Boston. I think we could probably start with that. What'd you think? T D yeah, Garden, Boston as a whole.
2: Yeah.
1: Andy's asking how the trip is. He came to Pretty visit cool. me. Well not me. not you. I just came to do something and it was just you were the closest thing I had to like staying somewhere. And it was just the easiest resource. Mm. You used so, me. I basically used you. I see. I see.
0: Yeah. Brother's four. Exactly. Mooch. Yeah. Essentially. Moach. Should kick kicked you to the streets. I wish you would.
1: But that it was a good time. I mean, your first, what did you think of TD Garden? Like the atmosphere in there? It's pretty cool. Um, that place is buzzing right now because how good the Bruins are, obviously. But now that they just lost to Chicago, maybe that place won't be so fun anymore. Throned the the new best team in the league, the Chicago Blackhawks. Essentially, essentially, that's what they mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, but pretty neat atmosphere. Something different. I've only been to LCA and um, the Joe. So seeing the garden, and pretty cool how the train like there's a the trains go underneath the garden was pretty uh unreal. No station. Yeah.
0: Pretty, pretty cool. What about the what about the Krejci chant? Can I talk about that one?
1: Yeah, these lunatic Bruins fans next to us were just basically screaming at Krejci and stuff the whole entire game, which was pretty wild. That they just wanted him off the team. He's just a liability.
0: My favorite comment was like when Krejci got on the ice at one point. They were yelling, uh, "Enjoy the power play" or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> because Krejci was on the ice.
1: Yeah, that
0: was hysterical. And I, and oh. meanwhile, I'm sitting there. I'm talking to the Bruin fan on my left. And I'm like, listen, like I love a great second line center too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? but uh, no. What if it was? The Red Wings still lose three two, but a way better. I mean, my jinx is over. The last two games I went to at TD Garden for the Red Wings, they lost five one. So I'm 3-2. glad. I'm, and three 2 is a lot closer. And for I'm a second, still so, but... <laughs> Hey, only three. Uh, I thought it could have been a lot. I could it could have been for a second. I was thinking it was going to be really good. I mean, right away, cop gets a shorthanded goal, really quieted the place. Grant and I are yelling. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, elite scorer, Alex Chason, scores again the power play, which uh, that started back-to-back games with a power play goal and a shorthanded goal for the Red Wings to start the game, which is pretty neat. Um. But then eventually the Bruins showed up and the second period, I think they, they were, the Red Wings Bulls were shot like 18 to two. Does that sound right? Yeah, man? that's what Yeah. So, yeah, they showed up. They decided they were going to be the best team in the league. Uh, Magnus Helberg can only do so much. And two kind of, I forgot what the first goal was. Now I'm thinking about it. Do you it remember? Lin- oh, it was Lindholm Lin- from the point. Yeah, it was just through a screen. Nice yeah. little shot. And then uh, the other one was a shot pass to Bergeron, which tipped through Helberg. But honestly, that was like one of the better games I've seen Magnus Hellberg play.
1: Yeah, he played really good. Not cannot point that game on him. He was he was excellent. No, especially like I mean, I'm sure he would like like the Lindholm goal back because it was like granted it was right on the ice and like he should have had his pad there. But I mean, it was kind of through a screen a little bit. It's just so hard to point fingers at a goalie. When he does so many other things well for you, leading up to that goal, where it should have been a tie game already, yeah,
0: could have been way more. I mean, it could there's have been a, yeah, plenty of chances. I think on the power power play, especially like I know the Bruins power play has kind of been sputtering, but yeah. I know, there's plenty of backdoor plays where he made big saves, yeah. big saves on. But uh, another, and then the third period kind of went back the other way. I mean, Chase got robbed in front too, on the on. All Mark made a huge save on him who's probably going to win the vesna. No,
2: they and say then, he's been so good
0: this year. He's been excellent. I mean, he's, he's shooting for the vesna and the rockets, so good for him.
1: He's fine.
0: He's fine. Yeah. He's these decent. And it's not quite like 98.5 in here in Massachusetts requesting him to be traded. Yeah,
1: that's 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 unreal. Very very smart. Yeah, they're smart guys.
0: <laughs> uh and I thought Roding's honestly like had some really good chances other than like that Chase on goal or Chase on chance. Excuse me. Um, there are plenty of opportunities, but uh, six minutes left. Bruins go down the other way. It was a weird shot that caught Halberg kind of in the chest. He couldn't handle it, and then of course Garnet Hathaway scores his first goal as a Bruin. <laughs> and Larkin probably could have got there, but again, happens. Uh, and it was a really nice tuck, honestly. Like looking back at it, I, think I watched the highlight of it today. And he was able to bring it in and tuck it around, which is kind of it was a skilled play for a guy who's been a fourth liner.
1: Yeah. That was actually a really nice play. I, I kind of was surprised by what, what he's been able to
0: do. He's a good player. Yeah. Him and, like, I mean, in, obviously this was in
1: Washington. Him and Nick Dowd were a fun duo on a fourth line. I guess maybe not surprised, just, like, the amount of offense he puts in while – doing the things that he does best. He's a ridiculously good pest. Yeah. And, like, he's so physical, and he does, like, so many things well. Like, he's probably one of the best, like, fourth-line players to have in the league in terms of energy and, like, a playoff fourth-line player. Like, he's exactly what you want on your team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, also, Bert- Bertuzzi's first game against Detroit. In this yeah. one, he was playing on the second line too with Krejci uh, and Pasta, which is pretty neat. Obviously, kind of weird. It was weird, like seeing him in person playing for a different team. Yeah, uh, I think a TV was fine, like whatever. But like actually seeing in person, it was like kind of like, oh, okay, it's real. Yeah, it's a little weird. I know Andy's torn up about it.
2: Yeah, I'm still sad. I'm depressed. <laughs> He must, quit, past, he, but... he,
0: must, he must quit the podcast because of it.
2: Yeah. My 25% said... show approval rate or show up rate.
1: <laughs> he went to um his, his dark, the darkness retreat and he just came mm. back. That's why he missed last episode. He had a 90% chance of quitting the podcast or retiring from the podcast because Bertuzzi got traded. And then that mm-hmm. sneaky 10% of coming back, he... We didn't
0: hear. Andy's joining. He's going to do a Jets podcast. <laughs> that's New York Jets. That's per David.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: so it's not. Yeah, we've point. also we've also decided on the weekend, Andy. When something is is like you know, kind of a half-ass rumor, we've decided it's going to be called per David, and then per obviously confirm a confirmed thing is per is is per Elliot or per Darren, whoever you prefer. Okay. All right. Cool. Just so you know. But yeah, that. but uh, obviously like 3-2 loss, but I mean, I think it's for, this is a huge game for guys like the core of the team, right? Larkin, Raymond, Sider, Wallman now, Bergeron. Look back and you can really compete against the best team in the NHL on one of the best teams in NHL history, to be honest. They're on pace currently to beat the NHL record by one point. So I think looking at that and carrying it over to next year, I think it's huge.
2: Yeah.
0: We're we're, we're kind of missing like uh we kind of buried the lead but uh the best part of the night happened or best part of the day happened uh, in the north end Grant you want to kind of elaborate there?
1: Oh yeah, um,
0: I gotta remember you start me off. So we uh Grant Grant and I and our girlfriends, and we uh, we went out to eat in the north end. We went to a little Italian place. And after, as anyone does in the North End, you got to get you got to get some pastries, some Italian pastries. So obviously get some cannolis. Uh, we went to Modern. That's the one we went to. And as we're mucking a cannoli outside, Grant spots these two guys walking towards us. And of course, right away, he makes eye contact. with I didn't like see this. I kind of like peeked up at the last second. Grant's like, oh, my God, it's Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno, how you doing? And then he shook, dapped up Nick Felino and then just walked by. And also, Taylor Hall was there. He's like in Grant <laughs> blurts out, you too,
1: Taylor Hall. <laughs> I I would go as far as to say it was a little more subtle than that. I did not say, oh my God. I said, oh, hey, Nick Felino, as he was walking down. And then I went for a handshake and he kind of like dapped me up. And then I totally just ignored Taylor Hall. And then I said,
0: you blew off the 2018 MVP.
1: Yeah. And he was not happy about it. He was not happy. He did not say anything. He didn't stop he was, at all. He was really upset that I didn't say anything. So he like just walked right by.
0: I mean, Nick Felino though was great. Like, smile on his face. Yeah. Like, seemed really cool about it. And I know, like, like our girlfriends were wondering why not you ask for a picture. But like, they're just out to eat. Like, you definitely do not do that. I think that's just weird. They were nice enough. Just like he was nice enough just to stop and like shake your hand
1: and like be off on his way. Like that was great. Yeah. So I think it I think it's kind of weird to like when people are out doing personal things, like I don't know that they really want to be bugged. Like no, taking not. pictures. So I think that's kind of I don't know. I don't like when people do that. And I, I wouldn't like it if I was like a player. I like interact. I think I would like interactions more of just like, oh hey, how are you doing and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: But uh yeah. Andy made the good point. Like, what if Bert would have been there? Yeah. Yeah might have to do a picture of... might have to do a picture then
1: then i might have to do a picture that's a different story i think
0: but no, i didn't even we, we didn't even think about it in terms of like the fact that it was um they were a travel day for everyone so all the yeah. all the guys on ir were still out and about so maybe they thought they could get away
1: with like uh going into town on a yeah. busy saturday night i just don't know how often those like they would get recognized in public probably
0: not that often that's true especially like nick Foligno. Not to, well, not no offense, Nick Foligno, but
1: I I feel like you just gotta think like compared to like like basketball players, like they're not nearly as tall, so they don't stand out as much, That's and true. even like some football players, like like you don't stand out as much because you're so tall, unless you're like Zdeno Chara. I'm sure he got noticed all the time.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm it's sure like Martian. Yeah. I'm sure like is yeah,
1: like his nose would stick out so far that you'd be able to see him from just about anywhere. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But no, that was a fun. That was a fun interaction. A fun day
0: overall. Like I, that was a. That was a good day. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then obviously back to back. So the second back to back in Detroit, and of course they started started off. I mean, how can we not start with uh, the Bertuzzi uh, welcome back video? I know Andy was probably tearing up a little bit. Box of, box, box of Crane yeah. X.
1: Yeah. That was the day he came out of his darkness retreat, actually. So that was really tough for yeah. him. That was really tough. Went right back so, into it. For your darkness <laughs> retreat. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: boy. No connection to the outside world for a little bit and came right out and summer too he was back in Detroit. Oh boy. Oh
1: boy.
0: Oh boy. Yeah. Definitely a, a weird one. You know, I, I like weird seeing it. I loved like he was also mic'd up for that game, too. It was a TNT game.
2: Yeah. So that, oh, yeah.
0: So that was pretty cool. It was. It was. What's up, boys? Is yes. that what's <laughs> up, boys? As he was skating around. So that was really funny. But oh, obviously well-deserved. I know um, tribute videos have kind of gotten out of hand of late in the NHL. Um, am surprised. I don't know why Thomas Nosek didn't get one. Yeah, you know, when he was <laughs> yeah, garbage. It's true, but whatever you know. Best six games
1: and Austin Austin Zarnik didn't get one. So that's really, also a good point. What's up with scam. that? That's a scam.
0: It's messed up. That is messed up. You know, I'm <laughs> calling the Jacobs family right now and be like, "This is dude, this is messed up. <laughs> this um, is actually
1: so messed up."
0: Yeah, so very weird, but obviously he was very welcomed. Like that was one of the, like the louder ones I've heard. Like Red Wing fans obviously really loved Bertuzzi. Um, but a tough one, but obviously a move that had to be made in terms of team building and all of that. So nice to see him back. Um, and of course the, it went, it went better than expected. I I thought Bertizzi was going to score for sure. Held him off the score sheet and a five, three win on a back to back, which is, uh, I know back to back against the same team, but a pretty gutsy win. But I must say, honestly, like I, I might look back on now, but like maybe the most fun game of the year. For the red wings? Definitely
2: definitely one of them, yeah.
0: I mean, they go up four nothing within like the first uh by the end of the were four one by the end of the second, but through halfway through the second they were up four nothing. Uh I know Grant and I were getting ready to leave. It was about to it was only one nothing and we were about to we we're about to stand up and <laughs> Mo Sider does the most disgusting thing I've seen him do in his whole career. That's number one career highlight for Mo Sider. Stopping pasta on a on the power play at the blue line, taking it taking it in, shorthanded breakaway, chipping it over Swayman's shoulder, backhand posting it. Posting it. Come on.
2: Yeah, I, like, yeah.
0: I I didn't think he was gonna score that. Did you guys?
2: No. Especially when he changes yeah. backhand. I thought I was like going to catch up to him. I thought so too. Mose like wait like. When he crossed the red line, I was like, oh, okay, Pasta is definitely catching him here. And then I was like, oh, nobody is. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he had some pull-away speed there. Like, he got uh-huh. he got on his horses and he got there. Uh, but no, that goal was sick.
2: German engineering.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was just after the night before taking a puck to the face.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, true. That's right. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, I totally forgot to mention that in the last one. Obviously, I should mention that Bertuzzi and Pasta both, like, checked in on him right away, which I thought was a, was a classy move. And I also was yeah. kind of, con- I was also kind of confused of the ruling because Grant and I both looked at each other like I think the Red Wings kind of got away with that one because the whistle because it was an immediate scoring chance for Boston and technically they shouldn't have blown the whistle. Yeah, true. So obviously I'm not complaining, but if we're going to be nitpickers about rules, that was one of them. But I did appreciate the the uh, class from those two players in the Bruins. So yeah. Anyway, back to this one. Um, I'm really trying to
1: think now. Like you mentioned that might be the most fun game of the season so far. I'm trying to think of other fun games. Off the top of my head. The first game that night, came to my night mind.
2: Night,
1: though. Yeah, that was Stop I don't even the bottom. I, I was thinking yeah. uh first game that came to mind was like Rasmussen's was a four point night against Tampa. Or is that three might points? Might have been. I think it might have three points. That's that's seven to four game. Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
0: That's a good one. And the um, other
1: games that came to mind were like the back-to-back against Vancouver. It was like yeah, 5-2 Winni- and 6. Winnipeg,
0: Winnipeg was when the Winnipeg game at home was a fun start. Wasn't that 7-5? Yeah, it was kind of a, it was a nutty game, but it was a fun start. Yeah, they didn't
1: even play that that game. I feel like they had like
0: No, they played played like garbage but in terms of offense it was pretty fun, but yeah. in terms of an all-around effort, this game I think is the best. Cuz it gets the best team in the NHL on second day of back-back back-to-back. Um and you pull out a five three win which I think is huge. Um and also Alex Chason scoring again to open the game. Um really great passing Peron. Um or no excuse me Peron was the that was the first goal he scored that was um uh, Saturday night. Sunday night was the uh, Larkin rebound, which I'm gonna talk about Larkin To the bumper in a second. But rebound and Chase on out muscles six five Brandon Carlo to the net. I know there's not much of a size difference between those two, but yeah not really. Any other neck front guy? I think for the Red Wings, I don't know if they would have been able to do that. Pure muscle and just gets gets the puck on net. Which um, again, this is I think was it the fourth contract, fourth PTO now that Alex Jason's turned into a contract.
1: I think so. I think
0: that was the stat. Um, pretty crazy stuff. Like I think that's a. <laughs> this one wasn't even a PTO. It was an ATO. ATO, yeah. I, yeah, technically, I think it was an ATO, because then it turned into a AHL contract with the Griffins, and then eventually got bumped up to a one-way deal. But in terms of, like, perseverance and stuff for, like, a 32-year-old veteran, he's played over 600 games, and it's pretty cool. To, I know, obviously, like, we're kind of whatever on it. Like, fans want to see Soderblom and all of that, um, all the prospects. But honestly, I'm pretty happy to see him get a chance and for him to earn a contract next year, because right now he's on <laughs> looking his chances are looking pretty good right now, maybe even with the Red Wings.
1: yeah, it's it's hard to say like no like, but seriously, there's a real possibility of him getting a contract with the Red Wings. I, yeah. I don't I don't know how likely that is or what would have to happen. But there is a chance. Um, I would go as far to say as there's probably a 90% chance he gets an NHL contract next year. Yeah. Not. Um, there's a lot of bottom feeder teams that like you need roster players. And he's a veteran. I would go as far to say, like, seems like all the Red Wings players really like him already. Mm-hmm. And so he'd be a good locker room guy to have for like any of the... Bottom feeder teams, and he can play power play.
0: Yeah, it's a big. T- a lot of teams like po- they need kind of a power play guy, and...
1: and the Red Wings need a power play guy. Yeah, I know they really like that right shot. On they the power haven't play. had the consistency in the net front, and gosh, I don't know how long. Who's like the last good net front guy that we've had? It's
0: about <laughs> if you know what I'm gonna
1: say. Yeah, you know what I'm gonna say, Homer. Homer, yeah, there's yeah,
2: Franz in after that for a little bit, but like, yeah,
0: he played front. He'd also like rotated in the half wall too a
1: little bit, but, yeah. Um, other than that, like, I can't really think of a guy, Bertuzzi had his days. I mean, but yeah, he, he really struggled this year, like, really getting stuff going on the power play.
0: Not to mention, Chase already now, I mean, with Nashville game in mind, he's already passed Bertuzzi in power play once this year true <laughs> yeah which is pretty funny but no i i'm he brings a lot like i know like i'm not trying to just straight special teams i think physicality wise like when that game got tough against the bruins on sunday he was he was one of the guys that was throwing the body around yeah he was could
2: be one of those guys of... that like he's bottom six forward and then gets gains his ice time on the power player
0: yeah like he only has to play like whatever like Whatever six seven minutes at even strength, but he can put in two three minutes on the power play. Like and even at even
1: strength, it's not like he's a liability. No, no I, I like actually, that. I actually didn't
0: hate that Zarnick Ernie Chase on fourth line. Granted, I know what the weak point of the line is. I'm not going to say it. I've dumped on him all year, but I
1: didn't mind it. I didn't mind it either. Even like it's just missing a spark. That's what that line is missing right now. Like. The past couple weeks before the, like the trade deadline, it was the Suter Sunquist and was it Kubalik? Yeah, and Zadina, yeah. Zadina. Oh, Zadina line, and yep. that line like you had a spark there, and that line was dominant five on five. Those fourth lines like meh, we probably spend seventy percent of the time in our own zone, but we're not gonna get the likeliness of us getting scored on is still unlikely because we're pretty positionally sound except for one player, sometimes not positionally sound. But, like, it's not like we're getting completely dominated, but it's not like we're really controlling play. And, like, I mean, Chase on the bright spot of that line right now.
0: 100%. And I'm, I'm super happy to, like, again, can't iterate enough. I'm super happy for him to get an opportunity. Me too. Like this is uh the name of the game at this point of the year for the Red Wings is opportunity. And players playing in different roles and seeing what they can do. So yeah. definitely a positive. But no, this game, like again, fun did end there. Dylan Larkin scores bumper position. And I thought the past like few games now, since Chase On's been on the unit, really, they've kind of messed with some things. And they're really emphasizing that the bumper shot. Larkin is popping out in the high slot. And they're really making an effort to try to find him. And this goal, prime prime example, Chason gets right in front too. No eyes for the goalie. Larkin picks the spot, scores. And yeah, it's, uh,
2: been, it's been something that they had, like you said, they haven't had like Chason. It's something they haven't had in years. So it's like it's refreshing to see.
0: Yeah. Definitely a guy like just getting in, getting, taking away the eyes from the goalie. Cause that was, again, yeah. really good play. And again, Raymond, cider to Raymond, Raymond skates down, down the boards, takes eyes towards him. Larkin pops up and then it's a wide open shot. And it's, it's a hard shot to make too, to turn and shoot like that on your forehand. So that's like a, that's a hard, so it's a skilled play for sure. Cause again, I know a lot of teams like that. If they're going to make that play, they like the one timer there. Like a, for example, like Kucherov to like Braden Point on right. that half all. I know it's not the handedness isn't perfect, but obviously Braden points a righty in that and that spot, and they work that side. T.J. Oshie also like the, also another example. So I I know like that's kind of like the play they're looking for, and again I think Larkin's doing a good job with that. So, I I was really happy to see that for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything? Do you have guys have anything else on that goal? No, I do not know. All right. Um, what was the other goal? Fourth goal. Why am I blanking? Um, Ernie. Duh. That's why I was forgettable. Sorry. Uh, Ernie benefit. Two, two, two goals in a row now for Ernie where he did the the minimal work and scores. The one he was in front of the net uh, goes off his stick barely and it's not Cider's goal. And then um, this goal, Bergren long range shot off the, was it junction or just post? And then out, and then Ernie just bangs home the rebound where Swamin has no idea where the puck is. It was like crossbar. That was a missile though. Such a weird shot. I would like Berggren, by all people who just doesn't does not shoot very often. Was not expecting him to shoot there. Neither was I. And then maybe I maybe mean, I mean, that's what Swamin, Swamin was thinking too. He's like, I don't I don't think he's gonna shoot. And yeah. Of course he shot. But no, uh, I thought that I mean, I mean, good on Ernie to be there. But Definitely I wish we would have had Bergen's, Bergen's goal. Me too. And then the Bruins came back and scored three straight. Um definitely will played the Red Wings for a good stretch there. Um Grizzlick scored and El Pasta made it four three, and it was Debruska. Oh yeah, it was a tough turnover. It was like a misplay by Sider. The puck was kind of bouncing. He swiped instead of trying to make more of a stick on it. And Debrask kind of chipped it past him. And Debruska is really good in that kind of like that fake shot hold and then shoot. He's so fast. He is quick. He's a fun player. He's a fun player. Um, but yeah. So and then all of a sudden, but Huso really came up big in the third, kept keeping it a four three game, and then Andrew Cop. I want to talk about like the last like two minutes. We were watching it in a bar, and he won a couple key face offs at that at, at the end there. I know they kept icing it, but then eventually he gets rewarded with the empty net goal. Yeah, I got kind of a, like a underrated weekend for him. As his game's kind of been under... Again, he's kind of been... His contract's kind of been talked about this year in terms of his value, all that stuff. But, I mean, it's been a big adjustment for him going from the wing to center on a a not-as-skilled team and then taking on a lot of defensive responsibility. So, it was kind of cool to see him get rewarded, for sure, with goals and back-to-back games. For sure. Um, Just showing kind of his importance and how much... Again, we've talked about his PK... Because again, I mean, his PK his PK abilities came up really big against Boston in Boston, where he forced David Krejci to make a decision, turned it over, made it two on one with him, at Pew Suter. I would also like to shout out Pew Suter the weekend too, playing the top six on the wing. I know we kind of we kind of we we're kind of joking, but first it's Pew Suter season.
1: It is Pew Suter season. You shut your mouth.
0: He's like, he's a top of top of the NHL penalty killer. That's not up for debate. Easily, he is so smart. Like in terms of making reads and being in position, and almost he creates offense too quite a bit.
1: He's got so really f- good reads.
0: I think again, we've been talking about it a little bit. I think uh, it's it's a serious discussion if the Red Wings should resign him, and I think they
1: should. It's not a serious discussion. They should resign him. I would say, go as far as to say he's a top ten penalty killer in the league. Well, I think statistically, but it's been proven you- by Rashawn Thayer. Probably, but you've got r- something real good brewing with cop and suitor killing and Rasmussen and Rasmussen and Larkin's a good killer too you
2: get another so
0: like, if you get another guy who can kill as well I mean five guys again one guy gets in the box you're not worrying about it because right now you one of the guys goes in the box right now you're kind of ooh who's who's killing yeah. <laughs> you know I mean
1: yeah that's so it's definitely.
0: So it's definitely something there, but no, I think losing Pew Suter would kind of suck. And they did, they could have traded him at the deadline, and they didn't.
1: Yeah, I would assume there's some reasoning behind that.
0: Maybe, I mean, I know his contract's not, and they couldn't retain any more salaries. I know his contract's 3.25, that could be it Could be an issue. But also, again, I think, like, an easy move could have been made they just call up Zarnik for the year and just be like, okay, we're dealing with it. We're just going to have him be our fourth-line center all year. Yeah. Because the Griffins aren't the Griffins aren't doing anything. It could have been you could have easily made that thing, and all the fan base would be like, "Okay, we get it." Like, I fine. just,
1: I just, I don't. Know. I think someone would have paid a hefty price for Suter. They should have.
0: Yeah, I know it was like uh, I think it was Shana Goldman that was making uh, the point on, um, Twitter. She works for the athletic, obviously. And then she was making the point like a P Seater could have been like the next, like uh kind of like a Blake Coleman type at the deadline. Yeah. In terms of stylistically being a PK guy and fitting into a role like that, which I kind of agree with. He would have fit in like a team I could have seen was like Winnipeg right now, especially with their center end in- injuries. Yeah. He'd have been a nice fit there, but again, I'm i cl- I'm happy he's still in Detroit and I would like them to explore a contract extension.
1: There's a lot of teams I think he could have fit in. Like, just about any team. For sure. Oh, my God. Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh and messy right,
0: Anyways. Yeah. Did you see that Jeff Carter stat? Not get mm-hmm. off topic, but... No, I did not. He became the 15th player in NHL history to be a minus four in less than nine minutes of um, time on ice. My gosh,
1: that's crazy. <laughs> I think of, like like like, Edmonton. Okay, it would have been interesting. They have a bad penalty kill. Oh, uh, true, true, true. Um, like even like the Colorado.
0: Yeah, and so we're going out for like Lars Eller.
1: Yeah. Good
0: point. Oh uh, yeah. Obviously, we're obviously we're we Pew Suter stands, and we hope he's here to stay. I for the I time, for, sure. for the for the time being anyway at least like now I'm obviously, depending on the contract and stuff like that, it has to be reasonable, but. I would like the Red Wings to explore an extension before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Me too. Um, yeah. And then we, like, after this, we go from this high, and then we go into Nashville. I don't know if it's the Broadway, you know, the Broadway blues, maybe. Is that, like, a good way of saying it? Like, tough, tough it out in the town, and then you just go out and both teams just lay an absolute egg. Maybe. Who won loss, and my God, was it boring. Nothing going on. Also, like the weirdest refereed game ever.
1: It was really weird.
0: I mean, it sucked for both sides. Like, I would love to just complain about the Red Wings, but it was bad on both ends. There was a bunch <laughs> of ticky tacky yeah. calls. It was bad. So I think the like the power plays were like I think Nashville had five and Detroit had four, I think, or something like that. Both teams yeah. did nothing. Both teams did nothing with. <laughs> so I mean, whatever it ended up not mattering to the game, but still, it's a uh, weird. I'd say the Red Wings, I guess, outplayed Nashville.
1: I yeah, guess. I, I guess.
0: But, like, I think uh, Andrew Kopp said it really well, because I think it was Helene and St. James. I asked him post-game. It was like, uh, the goalie had a good game, huh? He's like, well, he didn't make it challenging at all for him.
1: Yeah. Which is so true. Yeah, I think probably, like, there were, like, three saves that was made. That I'm like, oh, my gosh, nice save. was Yeah, the Kubelik one was nice. But for the, the most part, he wasn't really challenged.
0: No, especially when you're a top three goal in the NHL, like you need to take takes you need to take a little more than that. Yeah, it's not do it's not doing it. So Nashville's been weird, like they sell off and then all of a sudden they're going to run now. Now their math looks pretty favorable to actually get in. Like it's kind yeah. of in their hands if they want to, Like if they actually get in, I know they have injuries and stuff. They're missing McDonough and Forsberg. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I don't think they, I don't think they should want to get in because I mean, just look at the roster construction. And they, again, this is a waste of. What was Daryl Sutter saying last year? It's was a waste of eight days for whoever they play, whoever they're playing. Literally, so they're just, they just just get wiped in the first but round again. It's Tommy Novak season, baby. He's pretty good. Like I like I was I kind of oh zoned in on him, obviously from Me his too. kind of. I was like really watching his game. And I'm like, wow, he's actually pretty good. And good, like that's, that's crazy. A, that's a fun pick. It's like it's like a fun development. You love you love the story for players who just come out of nowhere. Yeah, and all of a sudden just contributing. I mean cool. like the Red Wings had Jake Wallman this year come out of nowhere, all of a sudden he's a top pairing defenseman. It's
1: it's kind of similar cases and similar age ranges right there. Like how old's Tommy Novak? Is he twenty four, twenty five, twenty five, twenty-five? Twenty-five, I think, or twenty-six. Okay. So, but yeah. like he never really had the production in college. I think like highest points was like twenty-two points in like thirty games. Mm-hmm. And then right away I think he kind of struggled in the A and he bounced between the A and the E, and then finally he was too good for the ECHL, like in his first year, so right away he was too good for the ECHL. He stuck in the AHL, and then his numbers were finally like really, really good in the AHL. And this year I think he had like 26 points in like 24 games or something like that in the AHL. And then when he got called up, he just ran with it. I don't know for sure, but I think that's – Sounds about right. What, about what it was, but he's he's a fun player. And that's yeah, he's on really... their, top,
0: their top power play unit right now, too. Playing that front.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be really interesting one to follow in the next couple of years to see how he how he does with all this. Um because I think he He has... just
0: signed an extension too for only eight hundred thousand for the next two years. Yeah, he has two years. Damn steal for Nashville. No kidding. Good on him. I mean, the rest of their contracts on their books kind of suck. So I mean, it's good to have one of those. I know. Right. But
1: uh <laughs> he is he is twenty-five. He's gonna be twenty-six in end of April. Okay. But yeah, his This year he had twenty six points in twenty five games and he got called up and he's twenty eight and thirty four right now with Nashville. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nuts. Uh,
0: good on him again. <laughs> that man. is crazy. He scored a big goal. He scored the game winner in this game. Really nice, play, really nice tip. Like, I at first I was like, "A Calfoot's definitely shooting for the net," and then all of a sudden, oh, I Tony Novak tips it. I can't it.
1: watch Calfoot; he's bad. I do not like his game at all. He's bad.
0: I that's a uh, rare Steve Eisman bad pick. Yeah, that's that's a bad one. That's a, it's a blemish on the record. But you know, mid round first rounders are not always they don't they're not built the same. I'm no kidding. I.e. Dennis Chelowski. But, I digress. Uh, Yeah, they're not like, again, Husso, like, I know he only faced 16 shots led into, but I mean, both goals, I mean, can we really fault him? Not really. A guy loses an assignment behind the net. It's kind of a two-on-one pass in front, cross crease, tough one to save. And then, obviously, a redirect. You can't really... Redirects are never, like, easy to track. Um, But again, the Red Wings... (laughs) kind of they get they loosely loosely challenged Soros. kind of Saros was just doing tar- cardio out there that's i right I'm, I'm gonna keep saying that today he was and he was just kind of doing cardio out there basically shooting practice and warming up the gloves and stuff like that so good for him but uh no uh red wings get a late power play They actually convert and it was a six on four which i, I liked the i wasn't sure they were gonna pull the goalie for the power play and i liked that and chase on again right in front and, they, of course, they looked at it, and I was like, come on. Like, that's not a kicking motion. He was standing up. And it took forever, and I was really worried they take it away from him.
1: Yeah, but. I was, too. So when I looked at it, like, it looks like he kicks it, because he's obviously standing up. And I wasn't sure which way that would go.
0: But he's so obviously, like, not looking at the puck at all. <laughs> I know. So it's just, like, I, I'm glad. I'm sure that's what it came down to, because he's, like, he thinks he shot it. So, but, no, he's been really good at, like, Popping off of the side and just literally playing like Zach Hyman does a really good job of this, of just basically playing backboard and McDavid yeah. or Drysett will just beam the puck at him and just try to back, like redirect it in off of him. And I love that. I think it's really creative. I do too. And of course, it pays off here. So, I mean, good on him. I think Cop had the assist on that one. So,
1: Cop Props. was buzzing again against Nashville too. I thought he's one of the better players. He's been one of the better players, I think, the past like week
0: or two. Yeah, like I think he's been kind of starting to find his game he looks faster I'll give him that not saying much because at the beginning of the year he was extremely slow um he's winning some key face offs and you look how they use him in terms of like when they're trying to protect a lead or gain a league he's he's out there for both I know depth's been diminished but no I think he's looked he's looked the part right now so'm I'm, I'm happy to see that and maybe it's a big game against Nashville because I know Nashville was rumored to be the other team that was in on him at terms of free agency
1: yeah
0: or at least yeah had some interest in signing him. I don't know how far it went, but I know I think it was Merrick that reported Nashville had interested in him around yeah, free ag- at free agency, so kind of a interesting thing storyline there, but uh two one loss again, it's different than last year though that's kind of how I'm looking at it. It's not a it's a boring loss, but it's not like they didn't, they didn't get blown out, yeah, and they competed. But that's kind of what I'm looking for right now. So, um, yeah, the Red Wings have a couple day break, which I think is super beneficial right now in terms of a couple tough, some tough back to backs. And then they play Colorado on Saturday, which is going to be a tough game for sure. Um, But yeah, after this game, um, Luff and Zarnik get sent back down to GR, which I know immediately people thought Fabry right away. Maybe he's okay. But I think it's more so just because the Red Wings don't play till Saturday. Could be. And, but I mean, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Robbie Fabi's ready to go. But then that, that would be the end of first, the first-line piece suter which I don't know if I want to see the end of. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for it. Me neither. But I, I, again, Austin Zarnick, a great plug-and-play guy. Nothing. I agree. No complaints. And he filled in, because the last time he got called up, he was playing wing. This time he was at center, and I thought he looked great. I thought he did, too. I was gonna, if if I mean if hey if you want to bring him back up again you could put him back with a was it, was it Valeno and Berger that was a really good line those three yeah that'd be fun that would be fun um what yeah so I think now we can kind of get into more some storyline stuff some more discussion um I want to talk about Luke's Raymond a little bit I know we've kind of had discussions on and off on and off air. Is it a sophomore slump? Is it not? I know he's been he's he's putting up the points a little bit, but he's kind of left me wanting more of late. I think his, he's some some games he's very active. How he moves up and down the boards. He's trying to create plays. Other games I don't notice him at all. That's kind of
1: how I've noticed it too. I I would say it's it is almost feels like it might be a little bit of a sophomore slump for him. It's just a lot of it, like, it feels like some of the games that he is buzzing around and cruising, like, he's not getting rewarded. And then the other games that he's looks lackadaisical and not really generating any offense, he'll pop a secondary assist. Right. I don't, I don't know if you kind of saw the same thing. But... Well, I,
0: was thinking, I think the, the last, like, Boston game, I think, is a good example right there. I didn't think he yeah. played his best. I didn't think I didn't think he played his best. And then, of course, he gets, like, two assists. Yeah, which I mean, good players often find that's a common for good players. They get they find ways to put pucks or get pucks to the net in the net, whatever. But my, my biggest gripe with Lucas Raymond right now is just like him being able to create space and, and actually shooting the puck. Yeah, he is. Well, I would argue he has one of the best releases on the team currently.
1: I agree. And it's just like he's scared to shoot.
0: I think there was a two. It was a two on one, actually, when we were in Boston. And he ref- he had a two on one lark and he immediately decided he was gonna pass the lark and-, and the Bruins defender read it immediately. Yeah. Where if he would have held on to it and shot, he would have had a way better chance of scoring. A great
1: it was a great day. Yeah, he passed up on. Yep. It seems like he's doing that a lot, a way too much right now. So I guess like I I, I think I lean more towards
0: um, a sophomore slump as well, but I don't know. I guess I I'm not trying to sound an alarm. I'm not trying to be a alar- lot like. An alarmist or whatever but I guess I'm I'm wondering what is the ceiling for Lucas Raymond
1: I still think that's a tough judge right now because the amount of times that we've seen him just buzz around in the Ozone specifically like he can literally control a zone by himself yeah and there's some games he's doing it a lot better than others And recently, it hasn't been all that much, but there has been games. So I don't know about a ceiling. Like right now, I still think he's a top line winger. Is his ceiling? If you're trying to suggest that maybe his ceiling could be lower, I I don't see that yet. I don't
0: see that yet either. I'm not again. I'm not trying to like pop the question like that. It's more so like. For the Red Wings to really be upper echelon, like, cup contenders, they need Lucas Raymond to hit. Yeah. To his actual, like, re- like again, a top-line winger can mean many things. can mean Tyler opportunity right, his quality. Yeah. Or he could mean Mitch Marner. Yeah, I don't think there's many players as good as Mitch Marner. I'm just using him as a stopgap, somewhere in between. Yeah. So, I know he's still, it's it's still, he's incredibly young. He's still only 20. But what I've seen recently is whenever he's not with Dylan Larkin, he really struggles. Yeah, away from Dylan Larkin,
1: and I, I, I just I don't necessarily agree with that with the Larkin stuff. He really right. hasn't had that many opportunities to be without Larkin, and when he did, him and Cop, right when they started to find a groove, they got pulled apart from each other.
0: Yeah, I, I thought mean, you look
1: at the cop were starting to build like a lot of chemistry.
0: I thought towards the end too. I know they had they connected on that one goal in Washington. I think it was, but um, if you look back in the analytics, like in terms of like goals for percentages and or expected goals for percentages, him the, when
1: he's away from Larkin, it's extremely low. It's just based on a small sample size. That's what my grievance with it is. For sure, it's something we haven't seen enough to base a judgment on. He struggles without Larkin because right when he started to getting. A- comfortable like i said it seemed like him and cop got pulled apart which i thought cop started up shaky with raymond too and it's like they found a comfortability but they didn't have like that winger with them yet like that created a full line yeah like i think like a Rasmussen on that line could have been dangerous kind of like I... how Peron was like really good with Rasmussen and cop yeah that's true I think you could plug in Rasmus and just sort anywhere and say that line's going to be dangerous, though, in my eyes right now.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm so excited to see him next I'm a, year. I'm a and Stan.
1: Um,
0: me too. I mean, who isn't? Who isn't? No, I guess my like, I'm I'm kind of wondering, like, in terms of play driving, like, what can we see from Lucas Raymond? I, I would like – and, again, I'm not, like, trying to – I'm not out on Lucas Raymond. That's ridiculous. He's a 20-year-old who's drafted fourth overall. And I still really like him. I, I think right now, today, he's a top six winger. Yep. My thing is for the Red Wings to really push it. Like, again, like I said, they kind of need him. They really need him to hit and be more than that. So I want to. I think the rest of the year, I'd be really interested to see if they pull him away from Larkin. I doubt they do, but I would like to see them do
1: it. I would like to see them do it too, because I know you just mentioned play driving. And the only times I've seen him really drive play is when he's been off of Larkin's line. Like, the game. I don't know if it was a which game it was against Boston, but one of the games he got the lines got shifted and he ended up on a shift with like Ernie and um Zarnick for a shift. Oh, yeah, yeah it was, it was, was a buzz, Sunday game. It was a buzz, Sunday game, he was buzzing. Yeah, the lines just yeah. got mixed up and he like that was one of his ozone shifts where I'm saying like he's just dominant. I wanna like I almost want to see him like a Valeno. Even Valeno right now, he's been I feel like he took a couple steps back recently. I would also agree with that. He hasn't been great. So maybe that
0: I like and I'm not trying to like, okay, Raymond needs less minutes. No, so give him his top power play time. I would I'm just curious to see if you put him with different guys, how he would do. Yeah. And again, like I've said, it's like all about opportunity at this point. So if you want to put players in, like, again, like a Dominic Cooper league, if you play him more, give him more minutes, what can he do? Right. He's a guy who we've, we've kind of talked about as being a question mark next year. Where does he fit in? A lot of wingers are coming through the system. Philip Sedina, another guy. Like, I'd love to see him up. With, like, he, he got like a very short stand on the top line, and then they're like, nope, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. Um. So I'd like to, I just like to see them get creative. For Berggren, for example barely has any has any top six time this year
1: that's that's one of my biggest gripes right now like play him in the top six
0: i mean obviously we have P to there so i mean he's a lock but
1: well i mean there's always a second line for jonathan burland
0: that's true that's true that's right um obviously (laughs) we're joking but in all seriously like i i would i i would like them to kind of experiment a little bit more with the lines right now and try to Maybe something else. like The rest of the year, again, like I said, opportunity is the biggest thing right now. And having young guys be challenged in different situations. They started doing that with the penalty kill a little bit. I know Zadina and Valeno have gotten a little bit of reps. So did Raymond as well on the penalty kill. So I like that. I think they should do that more. Because, again, you, you view these guys as players who are going to be on the roster next year. I don't really care if Adam can can kill penalties. I don't. Yeah, neither do I. So... You could still have cop and Suter and Larkin kill penalties, but I'd like to see that fourth guy kind of be alternated a little bit.
1: Try try young players, yes, like I especially as Zadina. I think he, I think, as Zadina is a perfectly good example of someone you should try. He still hasn't found like his complete role on the team
2: because he's like bounced
1: around so much getting any opportunity on special teams when the special teams. Specifically, the power player are in shambles. Try him out on the power play, and then, I mean he's on
0: he's on the second unit right now. But actually, the first unit has gotten a ton of ice time recently. Yes,
1: exactly. Because it's been pretty good,
0: but the second unit again, it hasn't been hasn't actually seen a lot of time. So it really has struggled to get touches. But I know he's technically on it right now. But I do agree, what, yes. what's
1: ultimately Valeno's role on the team? Just to play third line center and just to play even strength? Yeah. Give him reps on the penalty kill too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you 100. So it's not like they're gonna make the playoffs at this point. In time, hey, there's a 0.9 chance according to Money Puck they can make it. So that's true. I'm don't sorry. give up. I'm, I'm jumping on the back on the train. Don't give up.
0: So yeah, um, I think that's a fun storyline to watch as well. Again, like if. Terms of like also college free agents as those start rolling in, I would love the Red Wings to start targeting some of those guys too. And you can fill them in a roles like that too, or your own guy, specifically one that plays for Denver. Sure. Just saying, Stevie, if you're listening, Carter Mazur, make it happen. Sure. Um, I think we can kind of move on to some league wide talk. Um, Philadelphia decides to continue its horrific season, and they uh, they get rid of they get rid of a problem, but not the problem. Chuck Fletcher gets fired, um, the man single handedly responsible for the twenty thirteen, uh, 2013, um, uh when, 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 the lockout. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. Uh, giving Zachary and Ryan Suter forever money. True. Thank you. I actually I should thank Chuck Fletcher cuz Ken Holland was about to do it. So by all <laughs> means. <laughs> by all means.
1: You are a great soul, Chuck Fletcher.
0: He's the biggest puppet in the NHL. He's, he's just beast. like yeah, he he just gets worn like a glove and does whatever ownership says. So I love the optimistic the optimism from Philly fans when they're like, "Oh, Briere's in now, so therefore things are going to change." No. He'll be another puppet. I mean, did, like I don't know if you caught his comments,
1: like in his presser. Like he, didn't, yeah, he, said, did.
0: he said, he said, he said, this isn't going to be a fire sale.
1: It should be. He said it's going to be a couple years, or long, a pretty long process, though. Yeah, I, I, I think the, he meant more like a fire sale, as in like the young players aren't getting shipped off.
0: I was gonna. I hope so, because like guys like Konechny. Um, like I know, Sanheim, you can't trade. Well, I know that. they're
1: sh- they're gonna start shopping Carter Hart, is what it sounds like, which is a Detroit. good idea. Detroit, possibly confirmed, confirmed
0: for David, Or David. Um, yeah, that one's a really interesting one. I don't know what it, like his value is such is so interesting to me. <laughs> but no, this all kind of stems from again like the people are really pissed about them not trading James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, I know Chuck Fletcher. I don't know why he got so much runway, because, again, he signed to so many, like, obviously, it's the ownership wanting to be relevant, but signing the Rasmus or Salayan deal, signing Tony D'Angelo when you didn't have to, uh, Travis Anheim gets an eight-year contract extension. I like Travis Anheim, but in retrospect, it's like, why? You know what I mean? Like, you're signing a 26-year-old when you're about to enter a rebuild for long term. Them and San Jose, are, to me, are, like, the same. Yeah, like my my Greer's comments as well about a rebuild says not happening. Okay, you're last in the NHL. Yeah, good, good luck with that. So, really weird. And of course, as soon as Danny Breer takes over for um, Chuck Fletcher, his kid decides to be a total asshat. So good on him. Yeah, that thought,
1: was pretty nuts.
0: Yeah, that uh, I loved there was a comment because Mercyhurst University. I, if anyone doesn't know. Uh, Carson Breer, which is his son is on video at a bar pushing a wheelchair down the stairs that belonged to someone who's using the restroom and damages the wheelchair and now he will be facing uh facing a lawsuit as he should um definitely a dumb move and the comment from Mercyhurst University which is absolutely bonkers basically just, basically if you read into the comments it's like this player is really good on our team and we're we don't take liability so Tough one. And this is the second time he's been a he's been a jackass in college. Get kicked out of Arizona State, so. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Him and Logan Genuine. I don't know. Like they were both at Arizona State and they both I forgot what the I think it was more of a team rule thing they broke, but they both got ran out. Yeah, I don't know. uh, Definitely a weird. (laughs) Definitely a tough one. I'm sure like You just get you just become general manager, and your son does that, and of course that's his bad press. Interim general manager. He's gonna be GM
1: right now. It's interim though.
0: Right right now it's interim. So, but anywho,
1: weird couple of days for the Breer family.
0: Yes, uh, highs and lows for sure. Um, what else? Uh, as the Red Wings keep uh keep staying at twenty third in the NHL. Uh ratings are at 3.5% for the draft lottery, which happens May 8th. So maybe do the Red Wings get lucky this year? I don't know. Probably not. But surely. uh surely they will. Surely uh Gary bevin will be pressured and Steve he'll he'll give Steve Eisman the, the number one of our card. So um yeah, that'll be interesting. Obviously, we'll be watching, tweeting, nervous, etc. Um also, an update on the regional sports networks: um, Bally and AT&T Sportsnet. Obviously, the two going bankrupt. I know AT&T Sportsnet covers the Kraken, Pittsburgh, and Vegas, and I think they told it was they told the other two, not Seattle, that like they were shutting down end of March, and they're kind of on their own. I think the league's footing the bill for those two, which is a super interesting thing. And then Bally is covered for the rest of the year but then after it's going to be an interesting discussion but obviously it's kind of coming out at the general managers meeting that's happening in Florida right now um and this definitely um affects the salary cap for next season as Batman anticipates it's only going to go up one million so I know there's escrow and the players are really close to paying it back but also this affects league Revenue. Um, I'm really curious to see, I know he said, Batman said he's open to negotiating with an NHLPA, but that's a dangerous game, especially for Marty Walsh, who just com- comes in to be the head of the NHLPA. Cause again, if you lose that battle, then you've kind of, you've lost your footing against yeah. David, I mean, and you kind of be, he kind of looks like you a inferior. So that'd be interesting to watch for sure. But, um, in terms of teams positioned, okay, Detroit could take advantage of teams this summer if it's only 1 million. True, so, yeah, kind of goes into Eisman's plans of trying to, you know, trying to trade for got young guys and whatnot, maybe guys who are RFAs and looking for contracts, right? And teams can't afford them anymore. Yeah. Um, and then right before we log we logged on, I think we can kind of finish off with this another little Red Wing note. Uh, Jan Bednash signed by the Griffins two year deal. Uh, reports right away to Toledo, which uh he's gonna be the third goalie. <laughs> with Lethman and Kosov playing out of their minds. Especially yeah. Kosov Especially Kosab late too Which Is Bradstrom still hurt? Oh, that's a good point. Bradstrom is still hurt. So Lethman's up, so um Bed Nash will be back up. A little uh Trevor City prospects return. Oh yeah. For the two. Um his season's been really interesting this year. I mean, last year he looked really good in the queue. I mean, forty-seven games played, two point seven two goals against, nine twelve save percentage this year. Only ten games played, four point four six goals against, and an eight seventy four save percentage. Um, I don't know if it's just he lost the starter's job and, or he was hurt. I can't really tell. Obviously, without like really following it too much, but um, I know he's had potential. He's drafted fourth over fourth fourth overall fourth round in twenty twenty, um. Again, goalies are weird, they take time. So by all means, another shot. Give him give him some time. See what happens. It's nothing you can you can't like get out of, obviously. He can be moved. Whatever. You can bury him. Um yeah. but definitely it makes it like interesting for next season, right? With uh Posa likely gonna be in the A the AHL. And a Leftman's contract's up at the end of the year. So I'm curious. if they bring him back because he's been great. Uh, yeah. why, not keep him, why not keep him in the system? And then we've talked about it as well. Obviously, the Red Wings are going to be looking for a backup goalie, if not a tandem guy, for so. and probably need another good goalie in the AHL.
1: Yeah. So, what that looks I'd like, say like? I'd be surprised if Bradstrom comes back. Um, he hasn't.
0: He hasn't. He hasn't shown me anything that he should be back. Yeah. His numbers been pretty subpar. I you know, we it's fine. You know? Yeah. He wasn't he, he's a long shot anyway. It happens. You gave him you gave him plenty of runway for sure. He had plenty of time and it just never really panned out, which is okay, you know. Um so I I think it's best to just keep the space going and you move on from him. And yeah. He's 20, he'll be 26, which isn't exactly young either. So you're not really giving up on him, but didn't it didn't work out so probably goes back to Europe but uh, definitely I, I'm super curious like I think the goaltending is probably one of the more interesting spots Detroit works with this summer
1: it's true yeah, for sure for sure so I think I I really think that's going to be interesting is the goalie situation It's it's going to be uh kind of a crazy one to follow especially with all the open the openness and then like the likes of Kosa, which which you'd assume that he's going to try to like tandem in the AHL next year but yeah we'll see
0: i know you you floated out like i want, uh, I'll let you float out your idea we've talked about this off air of what
1: you'd like to see like the goaltending look like we we kind of floated around an idea of like signing a good tandem goalie for Huso like a uh, an Antiranta who is a really good goalie. His problem, though, is staying healthy. So, I mean, with his health issues, you might want to get, like, a a really good AHL goalie, like a, a veteran, maybe, like, a Keith Kincaid, just in case Ramta gets hurt. And that makes room for Costa to get a lot of games, too, in the AHL with, like, a Kincaid. And kind of like a mentor, almost. Yeah, I'm. I'm. See, I'm. I'm all for it. I think that'd be kind of a neat little tandem with the two Finnish goalies, too. Hundred percent for sure.
0: I know, like I've like James Reimer is another guy I kind of like consider as well. I love James Reimer, and I think he's a great goalie. I do too. And he's had a he's had a garbage year, but he's also on a garbage team this year, so it's kind of like, yeah.
2: I'd like yeah. to see him. I, he I wouldn't mind on his head him. some nights.
0: He's a fun guy. I, I I think he's a. He's also a goalie that can also take some games. Like again, who sells on pace to play like sixty games this year? So I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind those. Uh, that those would uh,
1: shrink to like probably
0: like fifty. 50? Yeah, I think that's a perfect split in today's day. I think 50, 50 play 32. 32.
1: Yeah, at least. Yeah, I think I th- I honestly think Grimer is such a good goalie. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I I compare him here. to like a Jonathan Bernier.
0: A little bit, yeah, and they, funny enough, they were tandem. Yes. In Toronto, and for some reason, people hated that. Yeah. I know Toronto was really bad, but that wasn't their fault. Yes. um, I think that's kind of it for this one. I know the writings, yeah, play Colorado on Saturday, and I don't remember what's next. I can pull that up quickly. I think there might be a back-to-back coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it is a back-to-back. So they do... um. They have Florida on the Monday, and then there's St. Louis on Tuesday, and then another St. Louis game on Thursday. So a really busy week next week, along with Philadelphia as well. But uh, some games that should be competitive at least. Yeah. A lot of uh, like St. Louis twice in Philadelphia, who's kind of the same thing, and also Florida, who's hungry, who Detroit has <laughs> been very bad against. That a giant
1: years. two losses against St. Louis.
0: I would be, yeah. If you're looking at it from that perspective, I'm personally not looking at that yet.
1: Neither yeah, am I, but for being realistic. Look at it.
0: Someone's gotta look at it. And I guess it'll be you. I'm personally not there yet. I'd like to I I'm still rooting for wins. I was still the whole time against Nashville, I was rooting for a win.
1: I, I'm Isn't still it? rooting for wins too. I I don't really like to look at games like that. I think this year you want to finish as high up in the standings as possible, no matter what. I agree. Now, if you're San Jose, Columbus, Chicago, or Anaheim, I think quite differently. You're only like the best
0: case scenario is you're improving your odds by like one point five percent. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I think uh, if you look at it the other way around, right? Okay, you go from uh, having a ninety six point five percent chance you're not going to get Connor Bedard to a ninety five percent chance you're not going to get Connor Bedard. Yeah. If you really want to look at it that way, which is, I think it puts it in way more perspective. So, honestly, like I think at this point you should be focusing on your team and trying to improve every
1: night and go from there. Now, not- if if you tell me that the team that finishes in like ninth per se and Detroit finishes tenth, if they win the lottery and get a top three
0: pick, I'll be rip shit for sure.
1: I would for
0: sure. But again, not looking at it right now. That's a, That's a. <laughs> Later down the line, if I look at it in retrospect and be like, "Okay, all right, it's I was like wrong."
1: A, a tomorrow issue.
0: Yeah, it's a later. That's a future Garth problem. It's future. That's a future, it's a future t- 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 uh, production line podcast problem, for sure. Um, I think that's gonna do it for this one. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at TPL Pod. Always tweeting some fun stuff out there. Um, support our partners in this inside the rink. Um, you follow them on Twitter at inside the inside underscore the underscore rank and uh be sure to check out the website um i'm working on an article soon it should be up in probably on the weekend um make sure to check that out